I want you to put your, your hands together and welcome from the great state, sunshine state of Florida, evangelist Josh Heron as he comes to preach to us this morning. God bless you. We love you. Preach your heart to us. And everybody said praise the Lord. So glad to be with you and looking forward to what's going to happen this week here in Frankfurt. And we are excited about what's been happening. I've been hearing great reports how you're kicking the devil in the head. And we love to hear that kind of stuff. And so we're so glad to be with you and thank you for your prayers. My wife and I are doing great. God's doing wonderful things. Last month we saw 115 people receive the Holy Ghost. So God's pouring out His Spirit. And we're thankful for that. And um, she she might be here next week. We uh, we were gone 33 days this last trip, and now we were home three days. And uh, she's six months pregnant, so I told her just stay home a few extra days. And she's had some deals with the pregnancy, but God is God is good, and everything's good. And I give honor to your pastor. And I I want to say this about Pastor Jordan more than more than just a great pastor. He's a wonderful father. And he's got three incredible boys, and, and uh, I know a lot of pastors that wish their kids were in church, much less on fire like his are. And so you have a wonderful pastor who models it, not just talks it, but he pastors at home, too. And, and uh, I love him very much, and Sister Jordan and Brother Sister Lytle love them very much. The music did absolutely awesome today. What an awesome... I know a lot of massive churches that would do anything to have her and him leading the show. Very powerful. And um, we're just going to see what the Lord has. If you're a guest here today, I'm preaching to you this morning. Uh, I'll deal with everyone else tonight, but I'm going to preach to people that, that uh, need to hear something from the Lord. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1 through 4, and then verse 14 through 18. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and then verse 14 through verse number 18. Praise God. When the day of Pentecost was fully come... They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everyone say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all, everybody say all, all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 14 through verse 18, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I want to preach from the simple subject this morning, life's greatest miracle. Life's greatest miracle. Are you ready to receive something from the Lord? The Lord's here for you, I promise you. And you put your Bibles down and your worship up. Lord Jesus, release the gift of faith. I am here in the will of God. I thank you in advance for the outpouring of your spirit. I thank you that the devil is going to have a horrible day, that people are going to be filled with your power, washed in your blood, healed in their bodies. Thank you for the miraculous power of the Holy Ghost. I give you glory.
glory and worship in advance right now for what you're going to unleash. And now with everything you have, can you clap your hands to God like you expect him to do something for you, not your neighbor, but you. Praise the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you for standing so long. The book of Acts is full of amazing miracles to, that, in fact, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are full of amazing miracles. Jesus did 37 notable miracles that we can read, uh, and not including all the stories that said he healed all the crowd or he healed all of them. In fact, one writer said that uh, had we written down everything that he did, the books in the world, the entire world, could not contain all the things that Jesus did. But we only have 37 stories of miracles that he performed. And then in the book of Acts, you see some other great miracles that took place. And they were just powerful things to read about. And they were real. They're not fictional. They're not fairy tales. These things actually happen in our world, on our planet. And I know they did because I have been blessed by God to see some of these miracles, a lot of these miracles in my own life. I have seen blinded eyes open. I have seen him open deaf ears. I have seen him raise people up. Just last week, I saw a man walk out of a wheelchair. I have seen him do the miraculous. I know God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I ask or even think. And I'll tell you right now that miracles are still happening today. God is pouring out his spirit and God is healing people today. You can read all the news you want to and get discouraged, but I choose rather to believe the good report. The Bible said, whose report will you believe? I believe that God is still alive in 2015, just like he was when he went to Calvary on the cross. And he's doing incredible miracles, but the greatest miracle I've ever seen is not someone getting healed of cancer, and I've seen that. Not someone getting out of a wheelchair. I've seen that. Not someone getting miraculously healed in their sight or their hearing. I have seen that. But I'm telling you, the greatest miracle I have ever seen in my life is when someone receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's the most powerful experience in their entire life. I've said this here before, I say it everywhere I go, the reason why getting the Holy Ghost is more powerful than getting a healing is you can go to hell healthy. God can heal you of the worst disease that no man can fix, and you can still go straight to hell. That's a powerful miracle, but you're still lost in the end. But John chapter 3, verse number 5 said this, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. When you're born of the Spirit, that's your access to the kingdom of God. That's why that miracle is greater than getting something in your body, in your bank account, or in your marriage. I'd rather have God fill me with the Holy Ghost and be sick as a dog than to be healthy and rich and going straight to a lake of fire. Romans chapter 8, verse number 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He said, if you don't have his spirit, I don't care what you profess, what you confess, if you don't have his spirit, you're not his. You can preach on TV and not be his. Hello. 
You can know about the kingdom, quote the Bible, backwards and frontwards. Have thousands of followers on Twitter and still go to hell. You can know all about the kingdom and not be in the kingdom. But if you're born of the water and you're born of the spirit, that is the access that you need to get to heaven. That's Jesus' words, not mine. By the way, let me just say this. The Holy Ghost is the greatest miracle you'll ever receive. I don't care what you've tried in this world. I don't care what drug you've tried. I don't care what drink you've tried. I don't care what relationship you've tried. The Lord wants to give you the Holy Ghost, and I promise you that if there's a drug out there that could compare with the Holy Ghost, we would have known it by now, but it does not exist. There's no drink in this world that can compare to receiving the living water, as Jesus called it. You can have every relationship in the world and you'll still feel empty when it's said and done. But when the Lord gets inside of you, the writer said this, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'd rather have God inside of me than anything else this world can put inside of me. The Holy Ghost is for everyone. I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you're Pentecostal. I don't care if you're Catholic. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care what your background is, what sins you've done. The Lord wants to give you the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? I don't care where you've gone to church. I don't care how long you've been there, what your tradition is. The Holy Ghost is for everybody. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. There's not a human being in this building that God does not want to give you the Holy Ghost. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. God wants to give you his spirit. And I promise you, if you have it, you know you have it. The reason why some people worship in this church and you're wondering, why do they clap their hands? Why are they so so excited? They're not crazy. They've been delivered from things that God knew only he could set them free from. And that's why they worship him. They filled them with the Holy Ghost. There are ex-drug addicts in here right now, ex-alcoholics in here right now. But the glory of God came in their life and delivered them from the power of hell and that's why they worship somebody that's got the Holy Ghost ought to clap your hands in Lucifer's face right now and magnify the name of Jesus for God brought you out with a mighty hand and delivered you and set your feet on a rock and is there still for you now how do I receive the Holy Ghost how do I receive it I'm glad you asked, Acts 2-4. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues, the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's go to the Bible, Acts 10, 44 through 46. And they were, that's the one I just read. Acts 10, 44 through 46. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. The Bible said, the next verse and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How do they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Acts chapter 19, verse number 2, verse number 5, and verse number 6. This, if I was the devil, I would just leave now. You know he's messed with you all week long. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Stop right there for a second. He's talking to believers. And he's telling, if you're a believer, you should be a receiver of something. 
If you really believe in Jesus, you should be receiving something from Jesus. I've said this before, but you can tell me you're a pilot, and I can believe you. That does not make me your passenger until I submit to your authority and get on your plane. That's good preaching. You can tell me you're a doctor. I can believe you. That does not make me your patient until I sign the paper get, and get inside the clinic and sit down in your office. That makes me your patient. We're getting invaded by kids right now. Wow. Come on. Sweet. More kids will get the Holy Ghost. You can tell me you're a lawyer. I may or may not believe you. But that does not make me your client. Oh, wait. It doesn't matter what you profess to be. I can believe it. That does not mean I receive something from it until I submit to your authority. If you want to see the results in the one that you believe, you've got to do an action to connect to that thing. And so I'm telling you right now, you can believe on Jesus all you want to. The Bible said the devils believe and tremble. So this is going to scare some people, and they may not like it, but when you say, I believe in Jesus, that's great. That's awesome. That's wonderful. So do devils. So don't magnify yourself and glorify yourself how great you are right now because devils also believe. So we don't want to even just be in that category where I'm a believer in Jesus because anybody can say, you can teach a parrot to say, I believe in Jesus. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we don't even know what the Holy Ghost is. Verse number five, the Bible said, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse number six, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues. What does that mean? That when the Bible, when God filled someone with the Holy Ghost, they, the proof or the evidence that they were filled, their tongue began to speak a different language. That's what speaking with other tongues means. That means when you speak, if you speak English, when God fills you with his spirit it will not be english in fact you will understand what it is but you will know that this is not me and i've never felt this good in my life i've never the bible says there's righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost it's preaching it's preaching in atlanta two weeks ago and and I was telling a story that I believe I've told here about the girl that had the deaf ears that was suicidal, and God opened her ears up. And I was telling that story about that miracle. And as I'm telling, I had no idea that on the second row was an 18-year-old kid named William Brown. There were several hundreds of people there, and so I, I didn't know anybody in the building probably. And I'm preaching, and this kid's on the second row, 18 years old, and he is, his name is William Brown. I found this afterwards. He, he was a devoted Catholic, and William was there for the first time into the, into the service, and he was sitting there. And what I had no idea was, as I'm telling this story, the power of the Holy Ghost delivering this girl from suicide and healing her deaf ears, that he, that, that, that William in this service the, the night before had written a note of suicide and he planned it for Wednesday. He had to see his family Monday and Tuesday. Was going to wait till they left town and was going to kill himself. Wrote the note out. And after he wrote the note out, a new convert in the church called him and said, why don't you come to church tomorrow morning with us? And he said, that's fine. He didn't even tell her that he had written the note. He had planned everything, even planned how to do it, had the access to do it, had everything to do, had the note in his room tied up. And so he comes to this service. He has no idea I'm there. I have no idea he's there. It doesn't matter that I'm there. What matters was Jesus came there. 
there, and the Lord starts telling this story through me about the power of the Holy Ghost being stronger than suicide. And let me say that right now, that there's no spirit of depression or anxiety or stress or suicide. If you're dealing with that, that can compare to the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? I don't care what pain medication you're on, what drugs you take, the power of the Holy Ghost can set your mind free, set your heart free, set your emotions free. He came to the altar, and after several people, in fact, in that, in that day, 40 people received the Holy Ghost. But in that, in that one service, he came to the altar, and as he was raising his hand, several people were being filled with the Holy Ghost all around him. I didn't even know anything about him at the time. I didn't know the story at the time. And I'm just seeing this kid over here praying for the Holy Ghost, and he, he's, he doesn't even know how to pray uh, like, like most people pray. He's never even prayed in a church like this, and he's, he's, he's trying his best. I gave him credit. He's trying his best, but he's up there, and I, I leaned back to the wall. I said, God, this kid is going through something and he needs your spirit now. And they began to lay hands on him. And it wasn't just a couple of minutes. The kid who had no idea how to pray raised his hands and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he went home and he tore up the suicidal note and said, I'm not going to commit suicide. I'm going back to that place where the power of God is. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That when you get the Holy Ghost, it's greater than anything in this world. It's greater than confessing Jesus as your Savior. I believe you should confess him as your savior but there's more than that there's more than that you can be born of the water and have your sins washed away and you can be born of the spirit and that's the most important thing getting the power of God on the inside of you I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you in the last uh, 11 months not quite yeah, almost 11 months. We've seen over 1,600 people get the Holy Ghost in America. I'm not saying that about me. I'm saying this for the, to back up the Bible here. The Bible said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I've been evangelizing. This is my 12th year evangelizing every week in a different city, in a different state. And it's tiring, and it's exhausting. And a few years, I would see 400 or 300, and I'd see 500. But last year, we saw over 1,500 and 1,600 now in the last. What are you saying? Something's going on on the spirit in the last day saith God I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh it's starting to happen now in churches that I never saw it happen before where we would pray and no one would get it now people are getting the Holy Ghost left and right why it's not to validate my ministry but God said it's a promise and I'm going to pour it out on whoever wants it and you shouldn't want to leave here without it there's no way in the world you can tell me that what you've got inside of you is greater than what the Holy Ghost can do inside of you when that enemy comes in like a flood the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You want God on the inside of you to fight for you. Let me tell you, let me tell you how to get the Holy Ghost. I'm I'm just going to be very, very, very simple. I told this to the church, I believe, a while back, but I'm just going to, the reason when God chose the tongue, God chose your tongue as the proof to get the Holy Ghost. It's not that, 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 it's weird or crazy. That's just what the Bible said. That's that when they heard them speak with tongues, they knew they were filled with the Holy. That's the proof when it comes out of your mouth. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. So when, when, when you're full of it, when it's full, when you're consuming it, it comes out of your mouth. And the reason God chose your tongue is because the Bible said your tongue can't be tamed. It's a world of iniquity full of deadly poison. 
My tongue can't be tamed. Yours, mm. Just yesterday, I prayed for God to kill someone in traffic. I, I'm, I know, I need to pray. I'm really tired. I was like, this is just the, the, the effects of the road, God. I'm sorry, but just kill that person. You know they're out of your will. They're never going to pray through. Screaming demons, man. I'm, don't you love it when someone cuts you off and you drive by and then they wave at you? They're like, they're like sorry, and you were so mad. I thought I was in Frankfurt. Apparently, I'm in heaven. Where's Jesus at? I want to. I want to go behind that veil. So, uh, have you ever? Have you ever been? Someone, guys, ladies, don't do this. But guys, someone cuts you off and you start yelling, and then you get up there and they're like, "Sorry," and that, that tongue of yours was just like cursing and mad and not cursing but mad. Some of you act real holy. You, for, you act like that's my first service here or something. I remember several times where many of you didn't even worship. This church is a different church than it was eight years ago. Just saying. Now the commercial's over. Anyway, so when, when that same tongue can go to church, worship God, sing all the songs right, And you can type with your tongue. Well, I'm not technically speaking evil of anyone. Now I'm talking to the ladies. Some of y'all are going to hate me before this. Some of you already do hate me. It's called conviction. But your tongue and my tongue, the Bible says it can't be tamed. That means no matter how holy you look on the outside, and I'm all for holiness. But don't tell me that because you look great and you look the part, that if the right person pushes the right button, I bet you if I preached on any subject that if I, if I preached all good stuff, oh, you, we love the preacher. Second I get on your pew, I can't stand him. I'm just repeating some of the things people have said here. Hello. If the right person gets on the right subject and they don't agree with your view of the thing they're talking about and they say their view. Why? Because that tongue can't be tamed. And God said, when I give you me, I'm going to take the thing you can't control and you can't tame. And you're going to know there's a new sheriff in town because you're going to feel something and hear something that you know is not you, but it feels purer and holier and more peaceful than anything you've ever said in your life. <laughs> and <laughs> it's the greatest feel i've never so i never met anyone that got the holy ghost and regretted it if they say they regret it they didn't get it because it's the greatest feeling in the world okay how do i get it by the way it's important to get it i would not risk anything you couldn't tell me there's nothing more important in your life i'm just gonna be very straight with you 
There's nothing more important in your life than getting the Holy Ghost. Not your job, your bank account, the birth of a child. These are all incredible things. But I promise you that the Holy Ghost, ins- don't tell me, don't, t- this is, this is going to just buckle up. I apologize to all the people here for the first time. But don't tell me you're going to get to the gates of heaven and say, let me in, Lord, even though I didn't want you inside me when I was on the earth. Don't tell me you're going to get there and God's going to say, hey, I know you didn't want me to live in you, but hey, come on, I built you a mansion. He said, if you deny me, go ahead and look cool in front of your buddies. When we get to the place where it matters, I'll deny you. So what are you saying? It's not just a good thing to get it. It's pretty important to get it. And when you get the revelation that you can have it, you should want it inside of you. I'd rather have him inside of me than around me, knowing him, knowing he's out there somewhere. I'd rather have him on the inside than have him anywhere on the outside. All right. I'll tell you how to get the Holy Ghost. Very simple. I cannot give it to you, but Jesus will. Number one, you have to repent of your sins. That's not just me. That's Bible. Acts 2.38 says that. that Peter said to them, repent. We baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance is you telling God you're sorry for your sins. You want to do a better job and not live that way. Are you going to be perfect? No. There's not a perfect person in here. If you're a new, if you're a guest and a, and a saint looked down their nose at you, please don't tell me who they are because we might fight in the parking lot. But might, you might want to scoot away because there's no one in here. I don't care how great they look, that's perfect. I'm going to scan the whole crowd. You can sit there and stare me down. You're not perfect, and neither am I. The Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think I've told this before, but I told had a guy tell me one time, my wife needs to get baptized. She's sinned. I said, have you been baptized? No, but I've never sinned. I was like, well, you need to get baptized now because you just committed your first sin. You lied. He's like, no, I've never sinned. I said, oh, God, help you. Help your wife. So we, we need to pray for your wife. So we need. Everybody has sinned. So you have to repent for you, and I have to repent for me. In fact, in a few moments, before we ever pray for the Holy Ghost, we're all going to repent of our sins together. Pastor, I'm going to ask you to lead the prayer of repentance. You're the authority here. And, and everyone, if you don't mind, and everybody will pray for yourself. If you, if you don't know how to pray and repent, just pray what he prays. But pray from your heart, not your head. What are you saying? Don't just say the words. Mean what you say. Tell the Lord you're really sorry. Why? Because God can tell when you're faking it to make it. Yes, Lord, I repent. Be real when you repent. If you're sorry, if you you did something wrong to your spouse, you don't say, yeah, I'm sorry. You might. The fight's still going to go on. Hello. But you have to get real. All I'm saying is be real. Number two, after you repent of your sins, you have to desire the Holy Ghost. If you do not want the Holy Ghost, you're not going to get the Holy Ghost. 
It can, if everyone on this pew wanted the Holy Ghost and this guy did not want it, and God would fill all of them, jump over him, and move to the next one. Why? Because God's not going to kick the doors into someone that doesn't want him on the inside of them. That's what the devil does. But if you want him, he wants to be inside of you. What are you saying? I can't, I, I want you to have the, trust me, this pastor knows. I want more than anything for everybody in here to have the Holy Ghost. But it doesn't matter how much I want you to have it. It's not, I can't give it to you. You have to want it for yourself if God's going to give it to you. And if you want it, he'll give it to you. Number three, you have to focus on the Lord when you're praying for the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Your mind is not on McDonald's or your job or your bills or the pain. I, I, these things are real. But when you're seeking the Holy Ghost, get your mind on the one who's giving it to you and don't be distracted. Come here, bro. Come here. Come here. Say, this, say this. Come here. Just say this is something very valuable, and you're going to give it to me, okay? You're, you're, you're giving me a free gift, I'm, I, and I want it. Go ahead, offer it to me. I'm distracted by other people than the one who's trying to give me the gift. It's rude. Can I just be real to the home folks? It's rude to be in the presence of someone when they're trying to give you something more valuable than what you have and be totally disconnected. And when you're in the presence of God, the greatest thing you can do, thank you, is get your mind on him and focus on him, not who's praying for you, not the preacher, not your spouse. I had about three amens there, but I'm telling the truth. The one that's going to give you the Holy Ghost is the one that died for your sins. And believe it or not, his power is more important than the person sitting beside you. And what he can do for you is greater than what anyone in this building can do. So when I go to him with a need and with a desire, my mind needs to be on him and not anybody else around me. Okay, we're almost done. So you have to repent. You have to desire the Holy Ghost. Have your mind on God. There's five little things, and there's two more. Number four, you have to have faith that you're going to get it today. What does that mean? If you come up here and you say, well, I don't know. If it's his will, that's not faith. Without faith, the Bible said, it's impossible to please him. What does that mean? If you pray a prayer without faith, you're actually not pleasing God at all. The Lord spoke to me very harshly yesterday. And I had prayed about something, and I gave it to God and put it in his hands earlier this week. And then I prayed about it again yesterday morning, and he said, you're, you're actually taking away your prayers from me. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you had faith before, but when it didn't happen in three days, now you pull it back and you pray it again. That shows your doubt. You don't think I heard you. So you're praying it again to remind me. And you're taking what you prayed about and putting it back in your hands. 
when you come up for the Holy Ghost, believe God. You're going to get the Holy Ghost today. It's His will to give it to me today, and I'm going to receive it today. Number five, and most importantly, after we repent of our sins, the biggest thing about getting the Holy Ghost, the most important thing about getting the Holy Ghost, after you've repented, after you, your mind's on God, you want the Holy Ghost, you believe you're going to get it. The, the most important thing you're going to do to get the Holy Ghost is worship God with your mouth. No one ever thought themselves into getting the Holy Ghost. The Bible said the proof you get it, you speak with tongues. That's the evidence. So you have to open up your mouth and start worshiping him. And I'm going to be very straight with you and help you here. Worshiping him is not telling him how bad you are, how much you don't deserve it. Please give it to me. I didn't say beg him. Worship has nothing to do with you. When you're worshiping, you're not saying, oh, I'm terrible. I don't deserve it. Please. That's focusing on you, not him. But when you're worshiping him, you're saying, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for everything. Why? Because you're magnifying God. And the Bible said he dwells in the praises of his people. And when you start praising God and worshiping him, God moves in the atmosphere. And God will fill you with his spirit. Well, I don't normally pray like that. I'm not, I'm not talking about how you normally pray. That's, that's, that's between you and God. But to get the Holy Ghost, I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is how you get it. This is how you get it. You open up your mouth and you worship him. It's not about what you say. You just tell him what you love him, whatever comes to your mind. The, the word that I always tell people to start when they're praying for the Holy Ghost is hallelujah. Why? Because hallelujah means I give my whole being to Jehovah. It's the highest praise you can give God. And so when you start off your worship by saying, God, I give you everything, it's the highest thing I can give you. You're going to feel the power of God much more quickly than you will just by talking about how bad you are and how, how much you need him. But when you start saying hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I worship whatever comes to your mind. I promise you, some of you will instantly, before you even get the words out of your mouth, it won't be what you think it's going to be. Something else will come out, and the power, Shalomachiah, of the Holy Ghost will come out of you. Some will pray for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, like a rushing mighty wind, God will fill you with his spirit. Let's stand right now. Let's stand. No tricks, no gimmicks, no calling people out, just simple truth. Here's what's going to happen, okay? In a few moments, we're all going to repent of our sins. Together, I'm asking you. I'm going to repent for me, but you've got to repent for you. And then we will make the altar call people that need the Holy Ghost. And they'll come forward. And we'll have people that have been trained to pray with you. And we have people in the audience that worship. And if you're in the audience and you, are, you already have the Holy Ghost and you don't come up to help me in the altar, please keep worshiping in the, in the audience. Why? Because I've noticed something in America. I was trying to figure out and prayed for months. Why does it happen so powerfully overseas? and so weak in America. Why can we pray it overseas and it takes them a few minutes and everyone gets the Holy Ghost? And in America, it takes forever sometimes. And I saw the key and the Lord showed me because in the altar, everyone's unified. And in the audience, everyone's watching. And in the day of Pentecost, the Bible said they were all with one accord, one mind, one accord, one place. What do you mean? They were unified. And when there's unity, 
greater things happen up here. People that need the Holy Ghost. I've seen so many churches where people get the Holy Ghost much quickly, more quickly now because the people in the audience are setting the atmosphere with their worship and they're making this place one mind and one accord. They're not sitting there talking to their neighbor. They're not sitting there gossiping, but they're worshiping God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their might. And when you do that, you set the atmosphere for someone that needs God. It's powerful. But I need you to do me two things. I can't, if I could... You know me well enough. I would come to every pew right now and talk to you. But I need you to do me a favor. Every, everyone around you, four people around you, look to them, please, and ask them, have you received the Holy Ghost yet by speaking in tongues? And answer the question. Would you do that? Everybody in the building, would you look at your neighbor, please, right now? I can't get to everybody, so I need you to help me. If they said no, tell them today's the day. One more question. Ask them, have you, if they said yes, how long has it been? Uh huh. You're hiding. Gotcha. What do you mean? How long has it been? It was 43 years ago. You need it again today. I wouldn't want to leave without it. I, 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 when I don't, when I don't feel the Holy Ghost in me, I don't feel joy. I don't feel peace. I don't feel all the things. I, but when I feel them in me, there's not a devil in hell that can mess with my mind because I know I've got something inside me that's stronger than what he's doing on the outside of me. So everyone's asked their neighbor. And just a minute, we're going to repent of our sins. Then we're going to pray for the Holy Ghost. And God's going to fill people with the Holy Ghost today. And we're going to rejoice in the devil's face because this is going to be the greatest moment and the greatest miracle in their entire life. I promise you. April 5th, 1990, 25 years ago, I received the Holy Ghost. I was seven years old. So 25, I'm coming up on 25 years. And I have been privileged to go all over the world. I have seen great things happen. I've been privileged with all kinds of things in life. And I promise you, the greatest moment in my life still was when I was seven years old. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost. There's been nothing like the first time when God filled me with his spirit and let me know he was inside of me. So here's what we're going to do. Pastor's going to pray a prayer of repentance. We're all going to repent together. Then I'm going to come forward, and I'm going to ask you to bring your neighbor up that needs the Holy Ghost so they're not coming by themselves. And then we're going to pray for the people that need the Holy Ghost, and we'll raise our thumbs when they start to get it so we can tell who gets it, and we'll go from there. And God's starting the revival off the right way. It's the most important thing is people getting the Holy Ghost. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pastor, do what you feel. I can't repent for you today, but I will lead you in prayer. I want you to repent for yourself. I'm going to pray a model prayer before you, but everybody for themselves from the front of the room to the back praying out loud with me right now. Lord, we come to you today. Lord, I am lost and undone without you. I realize I need grace and mercy in my life. Father, I repent for every sin that I've ever committed. Lord, I come today humbled before you. Lord, forgive me. I want to change my life. I want to be a different person. I want to turn my life around, God. Lord, you said in your word that if I would repent that you were quick to forgive, oh Lord. And I come today now, Lord, wanting to turn my life around, Lord. I forgive, Lord. I forgive everything that I have ever done to others, oh Lord. I forgive myself for those things. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me now, God. Lord, I repent, God. I want to turn my 
my life around. I humble myself before you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm asking that the blood of Jesus would wash over me. Lord, that you would forgive me, Lord, of every trespass, of every mistake, of every fault, of every failure, oh God, because I want to be clean in your sight. I want to be found pure and holy in your sight, oh Lord. And now, God, I lift my hands toward heaven and I thank you, oh God, for what you have done now, Lord, because when I ask, you are faithful and just to forgive sin. And Lord, I thank you for forgiving sin. I thank you for it now in the name of Jesus. Make sure nothing's in the way. Altar workers, guests, preachers, make sure nothing's in the way. God using you or God filling you.